Hey everyone, and welcome back to Big Mad True Crime, where we get big mad over true crime. I'm your host, Heather Ashley, and today's case is out of Cleveland, Ohio. Small talk sucks, so let's dive in. Carnell Sledge and 33-year-old Catherine Brown, more commonly known as Nell and Kate, had been friends for over 10 years. And yes, they were just friends. Kate was there for Nell. Nell was there for Kate. The two supported one another's relationships like good friends do. Seriously, no romance there. Nell was someone who had endless love pouring out of his heart 100% of the time. He worked as a special education specialist between 2013 and 2018, volunteered at the Applewood Center, which is a nonprofit that provides mental health services to children and adults, and currently worked at Crescent Digital. Time was never an issue for him. He had enough to go around for everyone who needed it from him, including his grandmother, who he regularly helped care for and keep company when he wasn't working working and volunteering. Kate was the life of the party and had one of those infectious laughs that made just being around her a good time. And while she loved hanging out with her friends, she was obsessed with her family, especially her nieces and nephews who called her their TT. She did struggle with addiction for a while, but got sober in 2017 and never looked back. On top of getting sober, she also got on a health kick. She cleaned up her diet and started exercising at the Rocky River Reservation just a mile down the road from her apartment. Kate dropped 100 pounds, and she had never felt better. But on June 4th, 2019, everything would change. On that day, both Nell and Kate got off work between 4 and 5 p.m. after having extraordinarily normal days, and they headed to the Rocky River Reservation to meet up. The two pulled into a pull-off lot at the park just north of the Lorraine Bridge at 5.04 p.m. They walked down some steps and about 70 feet off the road to a little bench that overlooked the river and sat down. No one knows what exactly they were meeting up for, what they talked about, or what exactly happened next, but it all happened within a matter of minutes. At 5.18 p.m., some kayakers pulled into the Lorraine lot and walked down the same path to put their boats in the river when they came across something out of a horror movie. Nell was lying in the grass near the bench, dead. He had been shot multiple times in the head. Kate was found just a few feet away from Nell, face down in the muddy river. She had also been murdered. She had one single gunshot wound to the head, and it looked like she may have been trying to run for her life. The kayakers called 911 immediately, and in one of the fastest police responses I have ever seen, both the Cleveland Metro Parks Police and the FBI were on the scene. And yes, you heard that right. The FBI showed up. The FBI doesn't get involved unless they think a federal law may have been violated. So within hours, what did police find that led them to contact the FBI? At 2 a.m. on June 5th, nine hours after the murders took place, authorities knock on the doors of Nell's parents and Kate's parents and break the news to them. 
Kate's parents are shocked and dumbfounded. How is this even possible? She was fine. Everything was fine. She had gone to work the previous day like every other day and nothing was out of the norm. She never mentioned being concerned about anything, let alone being in fear of anyone. Nell's parents and grandmother were also devastated. Nell was a giver and his heart filled every room that he walked into. Thinking about a world where he's not in it just doesn't make any sense. And just like with Kate's family, there were no warning signs that something bad was about to happen. He hadn't seemed stressed or worried. June 4th was just like every other day until it wasn't. To make matters worse, this was the second tragedy to hit Nell's family in just six months. His cousin Devon was at a New Year's Eve party six months prior. At some point before the ball dropped, a group of guys showed up and caused an altercation and were asked to leave. But they didn't want to. Instead, one of them pulled out a gun and shot five people, killing three of them. One of the three was Devon. And just like Nell, Devon had no quit. According to Cleveland 5, he was attending Tri-C with a solid 4.0 GPA. That's an A for anyone wondering. And on top of having insane grades, he was also a licensed barber and in trucking school. At the time of Nell's murder, Devon's was still unsolved. So his family wasn't only having to grieve an immeasurable amount of loss in such a short amount of time, they were also fighting for justice for two separate murders that stole the light out of their family. And I use the term separate for a reason. There was no reason to believe that the murders were connected. That being said, it's not like a ton of information was being shared about Nell and Kate's case at all. The police held a press conference and said that they believe Nell and Kate were shot sometime between 5.08 p.m. and 5.15 p.m., which means the kayakers missed the killer by 3 to 10 minutes. And whoever did this had to have been lying in wait for them, know the park well, and know how to commit this crime during peak hours with cars passing by, and also feel confident enough to get in and out of the park unnoticed. The park would have been pretty highly trafficked at this time of day, but the only witnesses the perpetrator would have had to worry about would have been passing cars because the particular bench they were on was on the opposite side of the road from the biking and jogging paths and about 70 feet east. So you have to ask, was this a case of being at the wrong place at the wrong time? Were they or one of them being stalked? Or was this planned by someone who set up the entire thing? No motive is ever mentioned, and I mean ever. Media reports even make note that the police never specified whether or not anything was taken from the victims at the scene, but that's where locals come in. The locals are saying that when Nell was found, he was still wearing a very expensive watch that he had worn to work that day, and say that both victims' wallets and cell phones were also found on them. With all items of monetary value being accounted for, robbery looks less and less likely as a motive, and frankly, robbery would be a real risk to someone lying in wait near a park bench at 5 p.m. in the afternoon. Public parks aren't exactly known for people walking around with tons of valuables on them. So if robbery wasn't the motive, what was? Who would want both of them dead? Or is it possible that whoever did this only wanted one of them dead, but the intended target unknowingly brought the other along? This brings a few more things into question. 
Who knew they were going to be there? Did Kate and Nell meet there together on a regular basis? If so, who knew that or who noticed that? Was this meeting planned the day of or had it been planned a few days or weeks in advance? Why were they meeting? Was it a casual meeting to catch up or was something specific going on? If there was, it doesn't sound like either of them let anyone else in their life know about it. With all these questions, you'd assume that there would be some kind of answers in their cell phones. Authorities did mention that they were going through cell phone data, another hint that the cell phones were indeed found with their bodies. This is confirmed furthermore by Cleveland19, who did an interview with Nell's grandmother, who says she sent him a text at 6.16 p.m. on the day of the murders. She said the text was read, but never responded to. Nell had been murdered an hour prior to her sending that text, so whoever read it would have had to have either been the killer or law enforcement, and it sounds like law enforcement has their phones, and the killer was long gone by then. Police note that they're executing some search warrants and digging into social media accounts to see what they might be able to find, hoping that someone in there can give some answers as to why the two were meeting up that evening. But weeks pass and there are zero updates, just a few conflicting statements from the different law enforcement agencies on the case. One saying that they have no reason to believe that Nell and Kate's murders were random, but that they also have no evidence to prove that it was targeted either. News 5 Cleveland quotes the FBI as saying that they're shocked at how brazen the killings were and says that they were killed in a very specific way. Nell and Kate were both shot only in the head. That's generally either done at very close range or you have to be extremely familiar with shooting. We don't know what caliber gun was used or if it was one or two. We just know that the FBI says it was done in a very specific way. We know there had to have been cameras at the park because we have timestamps on when Kate and Nell parked and when the kayakers parked. We know the police think the murders happened between 5.08 p.m. and 5.15 p.m., which is a pretty specific window, but we don't know the exact timing, so I don't think there were any cameras pointed towards the bench. But the bench is important because we somehow know they were on it. Remember, neither Nell nor Kate were found on the bench, so maybe witnesses saw them sitting there before the murders, or maybe there's some kind of evidence confirming it that we just don't know about. If they were shot from long range while sitting on the bench, they likely would have remained on it unless they were leaning forward. With a gunshot wound to the head, it would be more than likely instantaneously fatal, but if Nell was leaning forward at the time, it could have caused him to fall off of the bench. With Kate being found by the river, it sounds most likely that Nell was shot first, whether it was at close range or from long range, and that she tried to run away from the situation. Both victims, again, were shot only in the head. So this was either someone who was very quick and well-versed in shooting to be able to shoot Nell multiple times in the head, nowhere else on his body, and then turn around and also shoot Kate in the head as she was running away. Or is it possible that there was more than one gunman? We don't know whether they were shot from the front or from behind or from close range or long range, but we do know that the FBI said that this was done in a very specific and brazen way, which are both an interesting choice of words. So what was at this scene that immediately made them decide that they needed to be involved? No one seems to have reported seeing anyone running from the scene. In fact, I haven't read a single report that anyone even heard gunshots, and we know that there was at least three of them. 
As you can tell, the FBI's statement only fueled the fears within the community, so the Cleveland Metro Parks Police released their own statement. They said they believe this is an isolated incident and that the park's overall safety is not in question. And if they truly believe this, do they have some kind of information that the FBI doesn't? Do they have reason to believe that Nell and Kate were specifically targeted? And if they do, what is it? They assure park goers that they're under the watch of 90 different officers at any given time and that the last homicide in the park was over 20 years ago and that these murders could have happened on somebody's doorstep, in somebody's vehicle, or at somebody's residence. A little bit of an oversell, but okay. The fact of the matter is, this didn't happen in any of those places. It happened at the Rocky River Reservation and the conflicting statements from law enforcement aren't exactly comforting and neither is is the fact that there have been absolutely no promising leads. Because of this and the fact that money talks, a $20,000 reward is offered for any information leading to the arrest and prosecution of whoever did this, and News 5 Cleveland reports that it generated about 12 whole tips. 12. This isn't one of those times where tips came rolling in once a reward was offered. $20,000 generated one dozen tips for a crime that happened in a public park by a busy street in broad daylight. And while the reward didn't generate the response Nell and Kate's family was hoping for, there was a break in Nell's cousin Devon's case. And it is so far out of left field, it is like left field had a left field. On August 27, 2019, almost nine months after Nell's cousin was shot and killed at that New Year's Eve party, a man named Tevin Biles Thomas was arrested and charged with his murder. Tevin wasn't arrested in Ohio. He was arrested in Georgia, where he was an active duty soldier with the Army. And that's not even the left field part. According to People.com, Tevin Biles Thomas was the brother of Olympic gymnast Simone freaking Biles. What the hell? How had I not heard about this? And while Nell's family at least gets a little closure in one of the murders their family has to navigate, four months pass with no news on Nell's. No leads, no persons of interest, no suspects, nothing. So the reward is bumped up to $30,000 and authorities beg the public, if you were there the day of the murders between 4.30 and 5.30 in the afternoon, please call. They emphasize that something may seem insignificant to you, but it could mean something to police. Signs are put up along Valley Parkway in the park that read, Were you here Tuesday, June 4th between 5.08 and 5.20 p.m. and list the number to contact if you were. Police try to keep the investigation alive by interviewing friends and family of both victims, but literally nothing comes from it. In fact, Nell's family didn't even recognize Kate when shown her picture. They had no idea who she was, even though the two had in fact been friends for over a decade. Even though both families were separately fighting together for the same justice, neither seemed to know the other at all. And while neither side had any definitive information about what might have led to the homicides, both had their theories. 
Kate's sister tells News 5 that she didn't have any enemies, but she was on a few dating apps. She wonders if maybe one of the dates she'd gone on or men she met through the apps had gone wrong. Maybe she had a stalker. Maybe someone got jealous. She doesn't know, but it's a theory. Nell's family has a different theory, though. Nell's cousin Tanika tells News 5 that she thinks the shootings were race-related, and she's worried that the case is going to go cold. I mean, why is no one talking, and why haven't there been any updates? And the community really seems to back Tanika up on this. I saw more than a few people suggesting it on different websites and articles written about the case, so I did a little research on documented hate groups operating out of Cleveland, and holy shit, I wish I hadn't. If you were losing faith in humanity, this next part is not going to help at all. The Southern Poverty Law Center is an organization that monitors hate groups throughout the U.S., and frankly, their website is terrifyingly eye-opening. In Cleveland alone, there are 12 active, racially-driven hate groups, from neo-Nazis to the KKK and even anti-Muslim organizations. Knowing how many hate groups were being run in the area and the fact that the FBI was called in so early, I don't think it can be ruled out. But again, if this was racially driven, how did the perpetrator know the two were going to be exactly where they were, exactly when they were? Taking into account either or both theories, the question remains, how did the perpetrator know the two were going to be exactly where they were, exactly when they were? Who knew the both of them or who was stalking them and why them of all people? Electronic billboards are put up all around the city pleading for the public's help. A memorial is set up beside the bench they were sitting on before they were killed. And Kate's parents personally put up more signs along Valley Parkway and even leading from the road down the steps and to that bench. They tell Fox 8 that they stop and sit there often and just look up at the sky and talk to their daughter. Her dad saying, I hope she hears me. I know she hears me. Months and months continue to pass with absolutely no movement in the Rocky River killings, so Kate's parents do something huge. In February of this year, they donated $70,000 towards the reward. They didn't double the reward. They didn't even triple it. The reward for information leading to the arrest and prosecution of whoever killed their daughter and Nell went from $30,000 to $100,000 thousand dollars overnight. I honestly don't think I've ever seen a reward that high. But this indicates that police genuinely do not know who did this. They're still waiting on that one tip that will lead them down a road in the right direction. That'll lead them down another road, which will lead them to their killer. No real updates come from police, other than the fact that they think the murders were premeditated, which I think we all gathered at this point after going through damn near every possible scenario. But again, there are no persons of interest and no suspects being looked at as far as the public knows. Three months after the reward is increased, something strange happens. Every single sign along the road and down the steps to the memorial, everything at the memorial set up by the bench, it all just disappears. And once again, no one saw a thing. One day, people are just driving by, stopping to pay their respects, and all of it is gone. 
No one can explain it, but the community has some theories of their own and some opinions. Some wonder if a recent storm raised the river levels and caused it all to wash away, but that wouldn't take the signs by the road away, and you'd find what used to be there somewhere downriver. As far as opinions on the items being removed, I saw it written more than once that at some point a memorial isn't helping, the signs aren't helping, and they're just reminding people of something tragic that happened a year ago. Excuse the fuck out of me, but no. The signs are there because the case is still unsolved. The signs are there because there's no way in hell no one saw anything and that no one knows anything and that this was just a lone gunman who managed to plot the murder of two innocent friends, stalk them out, lie in wait, murder them quickly, get out of a heavily trafficked park unnoticed, and not tell a single soul about it. To this day, police don't seem any closer to knowing who murdered Carnell Sledge and Kate Brown that Tuesday afternoon in June, but someone somewhere knows something. Their names need to be heard, their case matters, and they deserve justice. If you know anything, if you heard anything, if you were at Rocky River Reservation on June 4th, 2019, please call Cleveland Metro Parks Police at 440-331-5530. Even if you think whatever you heard, know, or saw might be trivial, please let the police make that decision. Remember, there is a one $100,000 reward. For all photos and maps pertaining to this case, check out Nell and Kate's highlight at the top of my Instagram profile at the Heather Ashley, and join me there tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, where you go live with me and we talk about the mystery that is this case. If you like your podcast ad-free, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash bigmadtruecrime, or for just one whole dollar a month, your episodes are totally ad-free. If you need more episodes in your life, for just $5 a month, you get a bonus episode on the first Monday of every month. All your episodes are totally ad-free, and you'll also receive a forever discount code for all Big Mad True Crime merch. And of course, anytime you sign up, you get instant access to all previous bonus episodes. I'll be bringing you a brand new case a week from today, and I cannot wait. But until then, we out.